Welcome to Life Awakening. Let's talk about it. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Coach Callie Tammy, out here in beautiful San Diego, California. I am recording on Thursday night right now. Uh, typically, I record on Sunday nights, but I had some inspiration. It's December 20th, 2018. New Year is just right around the corner. And this is the time of year for myself where I typically do a lot of reflection over the last year for where it is that I've, what all I've done, what I set out to accomplish that maybe didn't happen. Maybe it's just right on the verge of getting finished and I need to do just a little bit more work and I might possibly get it done by the end of the year or maybe just right after the new year comes. And I've made a habit of doing this ever since I started diving into personal development back in 2012 is is when I really started focusing on making me better. Yeah, I've shared my story several times through each of these podcasts, you know, bits and pieces of it together. And just coming out of my depression in 2009, I still had three years of hell that I was going through. I mean, that's just the God's honest truth. I got in the gym, I worked out, I went from 186 pounds down to 139 pounds, 38% body fat down to 22% body fat. You know, I looked awesome on the outside, but the inside, I was a hot mess, man. There was nothing about the inside of me that was attractive at all. There wasn't any love in there. There wasn't any hope in there. There was, it was just a very dark and unfriendly pace. And it wasn't, wasn't a place that I like to hang out. You know what I mean? So I had to really just put my head down and force one foot in front of the other. The only thing that I knew at the beginning of 2010 was I did not want a repeat of 2009. I did not want to be staring down a a bottle of sleeping pills and arguing with myself, am I going to take this or not? Those were real thoughts in my head and they sucked. And it was this week, this week, nine years ago that that happened. And I think that's why I'm being so reflective now. And this is so passionate to me about getting this out today. I wanted to figure out, or actually, you know, that's that's even a lie. I didn't know how to figure out how to become a better person. I really didn't. And, And that's just as honest as it gets. When I was in school, I was a great student. I had teachers. They gave me homework. They gave me classwork. I did my classwork. I did my homework. I made A's and B's and never really had to try. I was blessed in school and it was great and I loved it. I'm an adult now and I had to figure out how to get me from point A to point B. I had to figure out what it was going to take and I had to hold myself accountable. I had to give me a grade, pass or fail. I had to be able to say, Tammy, you're being a dumbass. What are you doing? Or good job, T. Pat yourself on the back. You, you kicked some ass today. I can tell you those words didn't come for a really long time. I beat myself up every time I looked in the mirror because I hated who I saw staring back at me. And I had to change. I knew a very real thought in my head was, if I don't change, I'm going to die. Sooner rather than later. I had two kids, two grandkids at the time. Third grandchild was on the way. Neither of my kids were speaking to me. Couldn't see my grandkids. So in my head... I wanted my family back. That was the only thought in my head that gave me any kind of hope that I might 
if I did everything that I possibly could, that I might, might be able to get my family back. So I kept my head down and I literally had to force one foot in front of the other every day. I literally had to force myself to get out of bed every day. I literally had to force myself to breathe, to take in a breath and put it out, take in a breath and put it out. That's what it felt like. I mean, all of those are like breathing is automatic. You don't really have to think about it. But in my head in 2009, I didn't want to breathe anymore. I just wanted to go to sleep because when I was asleep, that was the only time that I didn't hear those freaking horrible voices in my head telling me what a terrible person I was. I didn't want to hear the voices anymore. And they, they were still very loud in my head. But in three months, I changed my body dramatically. I didn't recognize the person that I saw looking back at me because her body was different. But when I looked in her eyes, I recognized the darkness that had been there for so long. I had to realize that the only person that I was destined to be was the person I decided to be. I made the decision although it be half-assed at the time, I made the decision that I was going to become a personal trainer. That was a light switch moment for me when I was at the gym and the manager of the gym, after she saw mine and my best friend's transformation, she was like, are you a personal trainer? I'm like, no, like I've just been an athlete my whole life. I know what to do in the gym. You know, that was it. She was like, well, we've got people that seniors and a friend's transformation. They want to work with you, but you have to be certified. If that's something you're interested in, we have a built-in clientele for you. We would love for you to come work for us. And so Michelle, being the loving best friend that she was, she poured buckets of water on those seeds. And I was like, okay, well, like you can get paid for this. It's got to be better than what I'm doing because I hated what I was doing. I was a 42-year-old stripper trying not to be homeless. That's part of the reason I couldn't sleep at night. I was doing something so much drugs and alcohol just to be numb because I hated doing what I was doing. When she said something about being a personal trainer and I could make money doing that, way over there was like a lighthouse and somebody flipped the light on. That's why I call it a light switch moment. Somebody turned on a light. There's lots of fog and darkness around it, but I could see a glimmer of that light. And my only goal was to get from where I was at to get to that light. I made the decision that I wanted to change. Now, was that easy to make that decision at the time? It felt easy. Maybe it was because my best friend said, yes, that's going to be something great for you. I didn't have any belief in myself. I had zero belief that I could become a personal trainer. I had zero belief that I could make money being a personal trainer, but I knew it was better than what I was doing. I knew that if I could pull it off, that I would be able to sleep at night with some peace in my soul. I knew that I was good in school when I went to school. I made A's and B's without trying. So if all I got to do is study and pass the test, that should be easy enough, right? Big difference studying at 42 and 18. And he said, my belief level wasn't there yet. But I bought a, a program online, super cheap. It was what I could afford at the time. I started studying and then, you know, I would study a little bit and, I'd get lost in life and I'd study a little bit and, you know, I told a lie. Yeah, I'm studying. It's just way harder to study than what I thought it would be at this age. And there's way more information than what I anticipated. And I kept dragging it out. Moved up to Huntsville so nobody would see, nobody that I knew would see me dancing. Chances of it up there were less likely. It was an hour and a half drive from Birmingham. And so I was up there for a year 
And then I moved to Atlanta, April 11th, no, April 27th of 2011, right after all the tornadoes tore up Alabama. And by March, one year later, March 8th, I passed that damn test. You go to the little testing centers is what they do now. And you sit down at a, at a computer. My hands were sweaty. I had a stream of sweat running down my back. I was nervous. Breathing was difficult because I, my heart was about to beat out of my chest. And I wasn't working out. <laughs> we had three hours to pass that test. And I had to make at least a 70 in order to have my certification. I already had a job lined up, provided that I passed my certification. I knew if I passed that certification, I was going to change my life. I didn't know how it was going to change my life, but I knew that I wasn't going to be a stripper anymore. And I knew that I wasn't going to do drugs anymore. And I knew that I was going to cut down on the amount of alcohol that I was drinking because I didn't like what I was doing. I knew I was killing myself slowly from the inside out. I said, it took me about an hour and a half to finish all those questions. I thought I did something wrong because I went through it so fast. And I went back all over the questions again, and I was like, there's not anything I can change. Just, and, I, and I heard this thing inside me say, Tammy, you're done. And I was like, okay. I hit the finish button, and on the screen, it's supposed to pop up and tell you what your score is and tell you whether or not you pass. Nothing popped up. I'm like, well, what does this mean? I have no idea. <laughs> so I go outside, and I talk to the girl, and I was like, hey, um, the... The screen was blank. It didn't tell me whether or not I passed. And she was like, well, it's supposed to pop up on the screen. It's like, well, it didn't. You know, I was like, I looked for it. And it's like, can you tell me whether or not I passed? And she did something on the computer. She was like, yeah, you passed. And I was like, no, really? Like, I need to know, did I pass? And she was like, baby, you passed. You're good. And I was like, are you, are you sure I passed? And so she turned the screen so I could see it. And I made an 89 on that test. I burst into tears right then and there on the spot sobbing uncontrollably because I knew that number on that screen just changed my life forever. I had no idea what that meant, but I knew I just, that was the first time in my life that I purposely orchestrated a positive change in my life. I am the only person I am destined to become when I decide to become her. I decided to become a personal trainer and I did that been a personal trainer for going on seven years now and I love it. As the new year rolls around, do you guys take the time to reflect on the previous year? Are you just going through the motions? Are you just, you know, putting one foot in front of the other? You know, I got a job, I got a house, I got a car, get to go out on the weekends, the kids are doing great in school, got the wife, the husband, whatever. Maybe think, you know, it's the status quo. Everything's cool, but there's not really been any forward movement. Things are stagnant, sort of, maybe. Maybe that word's a little too strong. Maybe it's not. So I'm going to throw out a little something. I'm the person that's going to poke the bear right now. I'm probably going to like stir up, stir up some feelings, and I might agitate you a little bit, but, you know, sorry, not sorry. You'll be okay. I'm doing this to make you better. If I can make you think... You are where you are because of how you think. you got to start thinking about what you think about. I've said that in just about every single podcast that I've done so far. We are where we are because of how we think. In 2009, my thinking sucked. And it almost cost me my life. 
I was working on changing my thinking from 2009 to 2012. In 2012, I succeeded on purpose. And every year after that, I talked to my son. My son was talking to me again. I got my family back. I got to spend time with them. I got to meet my grandson. Life was getting positive for me. It was becoming what I had wanted it to be. And I was excited about that. But I also knew that I wasn't out of danger from my darkness because the shadows were still way too close. So I talked to my son and I was like, he was a church and uh, very involved in the church. And I'd seen who he had become. I'd seen all the changes that he had made in the time that we had not been talking. And I told him, I was like, Brad, I don't want to go back to the old me. I don't. And I feel, I still feel a lot of, even though I've made this great successful move and it feels great. And I love being in the gym and I love helping people. And I'm very passionate about it. Like I feel that. But when I'm not at the gym, I still feel surrounded by darkness and I don't want to feel that anymore. I know that I have to change and I don't know how to do that. Is there, do you have a list of books that I can start reading? Do you have, you know, what, what is it that you can help me with to help me be better, to help me become a better person? And so he gave me some books to read. One of them was Authority in Prayer by Doug Sheets. The other one was The Traveler's Gift of Mastering the Seven Decisions. Mentioned those books in other podcasts. And there's something that Andy Andrews said in Mastering the Seven Decisions. He's like, if you're performing at a high rate of average, it's still average. Mind blown. Maybe it's not blown. Maybe that's something you don't want to hear. Maybe it's something you don't believe. Maybe you hadn't really thought about it. But if you're performing at a high level of average, you're still average. I don't know about you, but I'm allergic to average. There's nothing in my life that I want that is average. My job ain't average. My clients ain't average. My car ain't average. My man ain't average. My friends ain't average. My money ain't average. Just go throw it out there. I expect and demand excellence from myself and those that are in my circle. If you're not sure how to get excellence, let me help you. I surround myself with people who are looking to better themselves always. I, to be perfectly honest, I can't be at the top of the food chain in my circle of friends. If I'm making the most money, I have the best relationships, I've got the best job, I've got the biggest dreams, I got the nicest car, I got the best kids. I got the the best retirement. If I've got the best of everything amongst all of my friends, I'm backing up because you know what? They're going to drag me down and beat me with experience. Is it difficult to change your circle of friends? Absolutely. Does it mean that you have to leave your friends behind? Absolutely not. It just means that you need to seek friendships, alliances, and other people that you want to hang around, that you aspire to be like. Whatever that looks like, whether your relationship with your husband or wife, significant other, whatever, is not where you want it to be. Who is a couple that has a relationship that you want your relationship to be like? If they're not in your circle, who do you know that's in their circle that they can get you in their circle? If your finances are not where you want them to be, who is it that you aspire to be like? It doesn't matter if it's somebody that you actually know. What if it's Richard Branson? You aspire to be like him. How many different businesses does he own? Like 30 something different businesses and 
multi-millionaire, owns his own island retreat. Like the man is a freaking genius. But now if you're one, if you aspire to be like Richard Branson, what's your circle of friends look like right now? Are any of them working toward that level? Do any of them aspire to work toward that level? Maybe that number is too big. Maybe that kind of success is out of your range of belief. We as humans tend to, when we're setting our goals, we tend to overestimate what we can do in a year and severely underestimate what we can do in three years. What I would encourage you to do, and I'm just speaking from the heart, this podcast is really not to beat you up, but it is to beat you up. Like, it's, it's not, I take that back. It's not to beat you up, it's to rattle your cage. I don't think anybody should be stuffed in a box, self-imposed or otherwise. If you've put yourself in a box, freaking cut it out. Throw the lid off the box, tear the walls down, and say, you know what, damn it, I'm not living in this box anymore. I'm done. I'm going to create a life that I love living. I'm going to create a life that I love getting up in the morning and going to do whatever it is that you do. Do you want the laptop lifestyle? What does that look like? Do you, are you a blogger? Do you like to write? There's money to be made being a blogger. You can be a, a ghostwriter. You can like, what does that look like? You can sell stuff on eBay. You can sell stuff on Amazon. You can become a life coach. You can, you know, be a personal trainer. Like what, what do you enjoy doing? Do you enjoy hiking? Do you want to start doing, taking people out on retreats and going on hiking trips and, you know, getting people to pay you to be the, the leader. There's all kinds of things that you can do where you don't have to be inside four walls grinding away every day. It's something that you hate. It was something that I just posted on Facebook. And to me, it was really profound. Maybe it's not profound to you, but it's super profound to me. <laughs> I was talking about this subject that we're talking about right here. But the meme that was posted says, if you don't like the story you're in, then leave. That's super simple, right? If you don't like the story that you're in, then leave. Or better way to say it, if you ever find yourself in the wrong story, leave. Mo, Mo Willems, W-I-L-L-E-M-S, said that. If you ever find yourself in the wrong story, leave. You know, life is a journey, guys. We all have, have or have had hopes and dreams that we would love to have them come to fruition. In the chasing of those dreams, sometimes we find ourselves in the wrong story, building somebody else's dream. When you realize that the story you're living in is not the dream that you have burning in your soul, it's time to leave. It's time to turn the page, turn the corner, make a decision that is best for you. And if it scares the hell out of you, do it anyway. It'll be the best decision that you ever make. You want to know how I know that? Because I now live in Southern California after living the first 50 years of my life in the Southeast, in Alabama and Atlanta. Since I've been here, I finished my book. It's out of editing. I just did my, finished my first set of proofreads doing my part of the editing before I hand it back to my editor to do the, the final part of the editing again. Got a successful podcast. I'm building a video program that is going to be up for sale after the first of the year. Building my website. And really, I've done all of that since April because the first three months here, I'm just going to be honest, it sucked. It was terrible. First three months that I was in California, I almost quit. I almost took my ass right back to Atlanta, Georgia. First month I lived in a hotel. Second month I lived with 
uh, woman that had never had female energy in her house. She'd just gone through a divorce. She had two boys, never lived with a female ever, other than her mom when she was a kid. So everything I did in her house was wrong. Outside the fact it was 21 miles from my gym, which sucked when I had to be at the gym at 6 o'clock in the morning. So I was kind of upset, not upset about that not working out. I was there for 30 days, moved in with a little Mexican couple, a half, literally a half a mile from my gym. She, I don't know what was her problem. Her husband seemed cool as a fan. It was a two bedroom, one bath condo. Seemed like a great situation. I asked her specifically, do I have kitchen privileges? Privileges, Because if she had said no, I wouldn't have stayed there. She was like, yeah, everything's great. You know, this will be awesome to have you here. Da, 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 whatever. Day number five, I'm in the kitchen. I am fixing me some oatmeal before I go to work. Now I'm leaving later than usual because it was one of those days I did not have to be at the gym super early, which I guess it was super unusual at the time. She comes downstairs, she slams the refrigerator shut. She was like, you need to move. You're in my way. And in my mind, I thought, has this woman lost her damn mind? Like, she better be glad Jesus found me because I would need bail money right now. I just didn't say a word. Closed the microwave. I took my little happy ass upstairs. I got ready for work. I'm in the bathroom. I'm putting on my makeup. I'm trying to get dressed so I can go. She comes upstairs. She starts slamming her bedroom door because I'm in the bathroom and she needs to get in there. Next day, told her, I'm not going to be here by the end of the month. I need to go. This is going to be a bad situation. I, I, this is just not a good fit. And by the end of the month, I was in my roommate's house that I'm at now. And it's been the best thing since last spring. After I moved into this house, I finished my book in less than 90 days, which was phenomenal. I did all of this while running a successful personal training business, a successful life coaching business. Finished my book, started a successful podcast, building my website, building a video course. And I went home for a week in September to see my kids. And Monday morning, Christmas Eve, I'm going to see my kids again for two weeks. Guys and gals, you can do whatever it is that you want to do. Nobody can tell you who you're supposed to be or who you can be but you. Nobody can keep you from succeeding at anything it is that you want to do except you. What I want you to do Sometime between now and the end of the year, like you're going to have time off and I know your family's going to be around, but there's going to be some time when you just have the time to sit there and do some reflection. You know, did 2018 go the way that you wanted it to? Did you accomplish everything it is that you set out to do? Did you accomplish more than you set out to do? If you were unable to get all of those things done, were you close? Is it something that you could finish in the first quarter of 2019? I want you to make sure that you pat yourself on the back for all of the successes that you did have for 2018, no matter how little. If one of the successes that you had was, you know what, I got up every day and I made it to work on time. I didn't have any sick days. I took my vacation. Sometimes that's a big one. Y'all be giving away your vacation time and just getting a paycheck. And not taking the time off. You better take your damn vacation. Celebrate the little things. If you didn't miss your kids' programs all year long, you didn't miss any of their sporting events, that's a win. If you wanted to work on your spiritual life for 2018 and you made it to church every Sunday, but one, that's a win. If you wanted to read more in 2018 and you read one book, that's a win. 
celebrate the wins. The things that you didn't accomplish, maybe it's stuff that you put down that you really didn't want to do in the first place. You didn't accomplish them, you didn't want to do them, so what? Take them off the list. It's okay. Sometimes we say we want some things, and then when we start working toward them, you know, this isn't really what I want. Okay, cool. Mark it off the list and turn the corner. But I really don't want you guys to wake up in the middle of next year and say, what the hell happened? You're going into a job that you don't like or that you hate. 80% of Americans in the, hate their job, hate their boss, don't like their coworkers. They just do it because they make money. That's not a way to live. But the only way to determine what's next for you is you got to think about it. You got to make a decision and not making a decision is making a decision. You got to think about where you are. And I talk about this in, in my video course, the, the very first video course that I'm going to put up for sale after the first year um, and put it on my, on my website. It's called a life awareness checkup. And I'm just going to give you like a, a real quick glimpse of what it is. I help you figure out where you are in all the major areas of life. In life coaching, we call this the wheel of life. And each of those areas has a distinction. And we have you rank them from one to 10. Okay, it's not, it's not a difficult exercise whatsoever. But I break it down a little bit deeper and we dive a little deeper into why you gave it that number. And it's not to beat you up. But we got to find the wins in the things that you consider failures because there's a win in everything and there's no such thing as failure unless you quit. And if you're listening to this podcast, I don't think you're a quitter because my podcast is all about personal growth and becoming a better you. And judging on the number of listeners that I got right now, I'm at 383. So I got a lot of listeners going on right now, man. So I know if you're listening to this podcast, you want to grow. You want something better. You want the inspiration. You want the motivation. But that's all I can do. Words don't teach. Your life experiences teach. So that's why I said I break down that wheel of life and we figure out why you say you are where you are. We find the wins in those situations. And then I help you drop your pen on the Google Maps of life so that you can have some direction. And then we build it out from there. We'll break down the word responsibility. It's two words, not one. Do you have the ability to do anything about your situation? And how are you going to respond? We're going to talk about being a forever learner. We're going to talk about your potential. How to fan your own flames when you don't have somebody else helping you fan it. All of those are things that I love to do. It just makes my soul sing. But just take a few minutes over these next couple of weeks before New Year's. Maybe even if it's the first week of January, everybody's like, oh, I have New Year's resolutions. I, I, I hate New Year's resolutions. I really do. Because people, they say it, they, they set their New Year's resolutions because everybody else sets their New Year's resolutions. I want you to look at 2019 as this is going to be the year that I cultivate my vision. I set a dream or maybe set a dream destination and I don't care what happens. I'm not letting anybody get in my way. You're not going to stop me. And I'm going to take that step. And if that step scares the hell out of you, make sure you jump. Because it's going to be worth it. If I did it, you can do it too. There's nothing that anybody can say or do to stop you from doing anything that you want to do. You can be your biggest cheerleader. 
or you can be the semen around your feet. You can be average or you can be extraordinary. You can let life pass you by or you can create your life by design. Or you can do nothing and everything stays exactly as it is. Are you okay with that? If you are, great. High five. You've reached a pinnacle of life that most people will never ever see. But I'd venture to guess if you're on my podcast, you're not where you want to be yet. I don't know. Maybe you are. Maybe I need to be listening to your podcast. But what I would love, 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 love is if you are on the Anchor app, there is a way to send me a voice message. You got one minute. Leave me a voice message and tell me what you think about this podcast, man. Whether it's this particular one that you're listening to, if it's one of the previous ones, go to that one. Same thing. Hit the message button. Record. You got one minute to tell me what you think about my podcast. I would love to hear your thoughts. Would love to hear your feedback. If there's a topic or something that you would love for me to talk about, I'm down about that too. Would love to hear that. I will tell you what's coming next though. I am going to have a special guest on my podcast. Her name is Deborah Hand. You heard me talk about her in episode number two and you have pure potential inside you. She has been one of my friends for 27 years. I've been a mentor and a friend. She's definitely in my circle of influence and I cannot wait to interview her and have a chat with her. We're going to talk about health and wellness uh, and talk about nutrition and food choices, vitamin supplements and how to make the best of your 2019 and make it the healthiest year that you've ever had. So we are going to get that interview done over the next couple of days. So, and it'll be out probably right after Christmas. So, but I love you guys to the moon and back. You know, you show up and show out every week coming to my podcast and listening. And, you know, I just appreciate you guys from the bottom of my heart. You are simply amazing. And I hope that you have the most amazing Christmas ever. Remember the reason for the season. I want to share one more thing before I end this off. Uh, I went to the doctor today and uh, I'm, I think I told you guys before, maybe not, I don't know. Um, went to the doctor I, with all the training that I was doing for all the Spartan races that I was running uh, when I was 49. I did a double trifecta that year. And double trifecta is two sprints, two supers and two beasts. Plus two, I actually did, I ended up doing eight races in one year, four sprints, two supers and two beasts. And I was not doing my proper care. I was not getting massages. I was not doing the stretching and foam rolling that I preached to all of my clients to do. It was my own worst client. And so my traps have been in constant engagement for over a year. So I've been going to the orthopedic to get lidocaine shots in my muscles to force them to relax so that I can catch them when they engage and make them relax. Plus, I'm going to physical therapy to retrain the muscles in my back to fire in the right order. Uh, I definitely had some muscle imbalances and some weaknesses um, of my own doing, but it's all kind of coming together. So as I was leaving the doctor after getting shots in my traps and in my neck today, I walked out and there was this older gentleman sitting there and he looked up and he smiled at me, nodded his head and he looked back down. And he was the spitting image of my, of my grandpa Milligan. My grandpa's been gone for 15 plus years now. And I did not get to say goodbye to him because he was living in Chicago. I was not financially in a position to go up there and see him before he passed away. And, you know, when he smiled at me, I mean, like, I, I swear he could have been my grandpa's twin. My eyes welled up with tears and... 
I rushed out of the, the waiting room. And just as I crossed the threshold of the door, it felt like I got gut punches. Like, you can't leave without saying something. So I walked back in. I was just full of tears, man. And I go up to him. His wife is sitting beside him now. I guess she was getting some paperwork from the counter before. And I bent down and I was like, I'm sorry to bother you. I was like, but you really remind me of my grandpa. Like, you look just like him. And would it be okay if I just got a hug? I really just want to hug you right now. And he looked at his wife like, what'd she say? And I guess I was talking quieter than what I had anticipated, what I thought I was doing. Maybe my voice cracked and he just couldn't understand what I was saying because I really was about to just burst into tears and bawl like a two-year-old, like I feel like I'm about to do right now. And she said, you remind her of her grandpa and she wants a hug. And he was like, oh, absolutely. And he stood up and he was the same height as my grandpa. And I, I mean, I, he reached down and he gave me this great big bear hug like my grandpa used to do. And for a moment, I really felt my grandpa for that, for just that big hug. And he looked down at me and he was like, you just came out of the doctor and you're crying. He was like, is everything okay? Did you get a, did you get a bad report or something? And I was like, no, no. I was like, these are, these are happy tears. I was like, because you were, you could be my grandpa's twin. And I, you know, I just really wanted that bear hug because I miss him. And you just made my day. And thank you for that. And I hope you have a very Merry Christmas. And he reached down and he gave me an even bigger bear hug, you know, like grandpas do. And um, he was like, you have a Merry Christmas too. And he smiled and, you know, I just, I thanked his wife for letting me give her husband a hug. And uh, I walked out and, you know, I just full on tears as I was walking to the elevator. I was trying to wipe them off as fast as I could so nobody would think something was wrong because there really wasn't anything wrong. But, you know, I hugged a stranger because he reminded me of someone that I loved so much. And he thought enough to care about whether or not I got a bad report at the doctor's office. And he had never laid eyes on me before. In that moment, two strangers shared a moment that both of us will continue to share for the rest of our days. Because we both got to impact the other one with the smallest of gestures. A hug. I wanted to share that with you guys because Christmas becomes a hectic time and we're so focused on we got to get the presents and we got to get them wrapped and, you know, we got to travel and we got to go here and we got to go there and we got to do this and we got to do that. And the reason for the season is the love. The reason for the season is the family. The reason for the, the, reason for the season is just being together. Remembering the birth of Jesus, if you're in the Christian world, being thankful for all the little things. Go hug a stranger today, man. Do something for somebody that can't pay you back. Do it just because it feels good. I have no idea if that man knows how much he impacted me today, but he forever 
made my Christmas better because he was willing to give a stranger a hug. So with that, I'm going to wish each and every one of you the most Merry Christmas that you could have. Make sure you tell the ones you love how much you love them, how much you appreciate them, and how much it means that they are in your life. None of us make it out alive, man. And one day you'll wake up and they'll be gone. Cherish every moment and remember all of the little things. Love you guys to the moon. Have a great night.